how much intensity should I maintain over the winter? Is it Z2, all Z2 base building? When do I start doing intervals? When should I start stop lifting? Um, I think those, this is its own little uh, cat four questions here. And, but to my, you had made the comment to me, you're like, man, I'm already feeling stronger. This is really good. I wanted to highlight for people kind of what you've been doing, what I've been doing, what I have most athletes doing. It's not a magic thing to build aerobic fitness. It's the, the thing is actually doing it because now somebody made a comment to me, Hey, it's really hard to like this transition time. There's less daylight. Um, he lives in a colder area. He's like, I literally, it sounds stupid, but the time to put on extra layers, which I don't think is stupid. It can add another 10, 15 minutes. And right now when you're coming from summer to now, like your crops packed away and you got to like get, get that in the system. Um, and then the gym, like that's, some people aren't used to going to the gym or it's like, okay, do I go, if I have one or the other, do I do the gym or do I ride? So you've been kind of doing that. I wanted to ask you, and maybe we'll start with you first and then answer the other four questions. You've been lifting heavy. You've been doing some probably longer tempo stuff during the week than you were maybe used to before. And then even longer, like 90 plus percent efforts on the weekend with long base miles. Um, what do you think has been contributing to you feeling stronger? And is it in at, you know, I, we've seen the Watts that you're putting out really good Watts. Is it an anecdotal feeling or do you just feel stronger from looking at your files being like, man, this is good. Like I'm laying some solid foundation in October. Um, and it's a different type of stress, like 90% riding, you know, and sorry, I'm talking a lot right now, but there's a lot going on that like, I think a lot of people have gotten in this, like, I'm either doing endurance, so it's 75%, but really people end up riding like 65, 70%, or they're doing like sweet spot workouts. So it's 95%. There's no, they forget about that middle ground and that middle ground tempo is super beneficial. And people should look back at like the old cog and chart of like the adaptations you make from that. But when you're doing it for 40 minutes, 60 minutes, it's not easy, but you're right. not killing yourself. It's a very interesting ride. So there's a lot of that. Let's get it. Jump in wherever you want with that. I, I think, you know, there's a few factors as far as, you know, I riding in that zone you're, you're describing, you know, for, for, it's a pretty big window, but you know, for me, let's just say it's 220 Watts for, for a long, you know, a long time, you know, that would be an endurance, endurance ride. Or like you said, if I'm, if I'm getting up into, into tempo, um, it, yes, it does feel, um, it feels easier. And, and there's a few, few reasons for that. I think for me, I think starting off by putting on or adding on those, those, uh, extra five pounds. So I'm at 150 versus 145. That, that does make a difference done. Uh, for sure. And, you know, so you know, then, then the lifting and it's been hard to keep those five pounds on, believe it or not. I mean, I feel like I'm eating nonstop. And <laughs> it's, so did you lift all year last year? Or have you just been resuming? That last year I, I said, if I'm going to be working out, it's going to be on the bike. And okay. so, cause that was kind of the get back into it. And I didn't want to give, I knew I wasn't going to be top notch. So I just, I wanted to build a huge base. And now, now that that's done, I, I want to put the strength back in. It's a different fatigue with the strength work. And it is like, 
I can get ravenous around food the day after lifting. If I lift and then go ride, it's just like, nom, 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 nom. And it's, I'm like just smashed. And by the time night comes, I mean, I wake up early, but like it's seven o'clock and I'm like, all right, I'm going to bed at eight. Like I can't yeah. wait to get in bed. Um, it's a different, it's a different tired for sure. But the benefit and how it feels on the pedals is incredible. Right. That's, that's the thing. I mean, and I'm prioritizing it over the riding, which is the Thank exact God. opposite of last year. Huge. I mean, that's why I've started to put like, if there's an optional ride for people that there are people that, you know, they have, it's, they're choosing one or the other. So I'm like, go lift. Um, and I will put in there like optional post ride, but it's like some people have to put, do not ride until you get the lifting done. Cause they're going to go ride and they'll just get tired or they're like, well, I want to ride early and then lift later. And then after a couple of weeks of them not doing it, I'm like, okay, yeah. do you want to hit, do you want to get better? Like we need to switch this up. Yeah. So, it's, it's interesting. One of those, one of those rides that, that uh, you had me do, I think it was last week, which was tempo. It was 12 minute tempo with a uh, 10 second burst uh, yeah. three, three times mm-hmm. after I had just really had a hard day on the, or, or not a hard day, a hard workout right before going out. And yeah. I expected to just be, you know, not feeling good but i i, I kind of described it as the, my legs felt totally opened up i didn't even need to warm up i got out and just man this feels great so i did an interview with grant coons and he's talking about ashton lambie will lift before like a trials race and everyone has been well i shouldn't say everyone people have been messaging me like this is really weird the days when I ride after lifting, I feel okay. If I lift and go ride the next morning, I am sore. And I don't, you know, it's really that delayed onset muscle soreness, I guess, or just, I think a lot of his legs tightening up, you go to sleep and people wake up and they're like, Ooh, I'm pretty tight. But I've had it both ways. I mean, yesterday I lifted and then rode and my, I had a squat day. My glutes were just felt super tight. I got out there and I was like, this is going to be like, this is gonna be tough. And I was doing, the burst, the tempo burst. And uh, just that little burst, it's just a little bit of like, okay, it's falling back into tempo and you've got to stay on the gas. It's not long, but it's just, it's a good challenge for right now. And I don't know, definitely makes you bring your A game to, to focus on it. Whereas, you know, traditionally people were like, it's the off season. And it kind of goes to the question of like, just riding endurance was very old school. Um, and we'll get to that. But I think having these even short intervals is really good. And it makes the time go by quicker. Like I go out, get warmed up, knock 30 minutes of tempo stuff out, and then it's almost time to go home. So um, so anecdotally, you were just feeling stronger on the longer efforts, definitely feeling the gains. And I think it's awesome from lifting, you know, when you're having a harder time keeping the weight on, eating a ton of food, like you know some growth is going on which is cool um and then it'll be good once we start kind of moving into the harder stuff and getting into like threshold work and the threshold bursts people are always like i'm not gonna be able to do those i'm like just wait that's the whole point of build like it you're gonna be a way better cyclist for doing them for sure so what do you think let's answer those four questions question number one is how much intensity should I maintain over the winter? Um, what's your thought on that based on kind of where we've been going, but also like how have you viewed that before? 
Well, like in the, in the past, it's oftentimes kind of just a, a reset. Um, like Green Mountain used to be kind of the, the end of my season. I would usually take the rest of September off and then get back in. Labor Day for everybody that doesn't know Green yeah. Mountain. Yeah. And then I would get back into things uh, October pretty slowly. And so it was, a, it was back to, to endurance riding and, and rebuilding for the next season. And here uh, comes, though. What's that? And then winter comes. Right. <laughs> right. This is a great thing to talk about. People talk about this like progression and it goes, keep going. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say that this time around, I feel like I've, I've, um, I've got enough sharpening that I don't want to, I don't want to give that up. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm way more uh, open to, to writing some intervals and, and keeping things sharp. Uh, you know, you can still do some base miles and, and, and rebuild the foundation, but I don't want to completely give up, you know, the high end stuff. I just think it's unnecessary based on where I'm at right now. So I think the unnecessary is the key, key change. Like if this was seven years ago, you know, a lot of the guys that were putting information out there came from the older school, like Eddie B. I think the guy's Russian or, um, just a lot of like, you need to take two full weeks off the bike, which we now know is like, if you did a grand tour, not if you're an amateur bike racer. And I think part of that was keeping people's mental freshness, which is important. Um, I think the bigger thing though, is people are realizing that if they're truly resting throughout these cycles, you won't get burnt out and you don't have to like shut it all down. And with things like Zwift now and you know, the racing calendar with gravel coming out and it not really ending in September. It's made everybody think like, okay, if I'm doing a race in November and then there's going to be a race in January on Zwift and then there's something in February, like where, what is this off season? There, there is no off season. Right, there's right. Be an off season, but yes, it forces you to sit down and think of like the cycles of your season where I was kind of nervous when I did the tour of New Zealand last year in November. And I'm like, well, I'm going to have to train for this. And how do I then readjust? Like now my base is going to be all messed up. And it was just, I came back, I went back to doing what I'm doing now. Like first two months of like foundation work, tempo work is still, it's a harder base, but to, to do those intervals in the middle of the week and kind of stay sharp, um, you're not going to get burnt out and crush yourself and overtrain as long as you're resting. Like people like five day rest week. I'm like, yes, five days, like come back to zero TSB, come back and and recover. But I think the intensity for people that are out there and wondering, like my screen just got like really dark. It seems like, um, because you actually have sunshine where you are. I guess so. It's done in two weeks. Yes. Um, if you're doing Zwift races and stuff, you know, I think you need to ask yourself, are you racing Zwift or are you just doing Zwift races? There's a difference. Like there's guys like Wally, Tanner Ward, people that were doing the trials. Um, there's a whole like pro series. If you're racing race knowing that if you want to go do like a spring campaign you probably in january or february want to tone it back for a month do some base stuff and then you can ramp it back up again personally i'm not doing any super hard efforts i'm not doing any vo2 maps i'm doing a couple bursts that are like 10 second efforts but to to just keep the body going 
but I'm, I don't want to go sprint. I don't want to go do a group ride. That's going to be like a hammer fest right now because the benefits of taking two to three months of working purely aerobic stuff is so beneficial. And it's one of those things that's hard for athletes that are overly into the metrics. Like, well, show me the paper, da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. And what everybody says, it's really hard to show the quantifiable benefits of long endurance stuff. Cause no one's going to sit in the lab for three months and do three to four hour endurance rides. It's just not going to happen until we can do like muscle biopsies and, and on the bike, um, like body blood analyses and whatever they're going to be able to do to prove this. It's just like, you got to kind of trust riders who have done it that it works. Um, now would you, would you have different advice for, you know, the, the, the time crunch rider that we, you know, which is much more common, you know, the, the, the rider that's riding six to nine hours a week, um, can they afford to, to let off the gas and, 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 and ride the endurance? I think that, I think that endurance, you know, anybody can benefit from endurance, but can they do more than that? I would say still, if you're getting on and doing some tempo stuff and if they only have six to nine hours, they should still be going to the gym. So that asks the question like, well, well, then what are they doing on the bike? They're going to the gym and spending two of those hours a week, let's say in the gym, and they have five hours left of riding. If they're just going to get on and like throttle themselves, I don't think you're going to get much from that. I would say then try to take your weekend ride might only be two hours, make 60 of that tempo, make some of, and then make like your midweek ride, like a tempo burst ride. And instead of doing like, you know, three by 12, maybe try to quickly ramp up to like three by 20, or it's going to be tough. You're, if you have limited hours, you have less of a chance of being super successful at it. But really now this, the focus is strength. So continue mm-hmm. to focus on the gym, but I don't see like, you know, I don't know if Tim Cusick term coined the term like non-functional overreaching or if that he's the only one I've ever heard say it. Maybe that's just a, an endurance term um, that he's brought back. But like, if you're going to go out and throttle it once a week while lifting, I think you're more in the, uh, more have a chance of just like burning out from that because lifting's hard lifting going in and building up going through the adaptation process and then lifting heavy weights i'm like shook and lifting is not you go to a group ride and you come home and you're like i'm blasted you go and lift really hard you come home and you feel good and three hours later i'm like whoa yeah. and it's just that the neuromuscular fatigue is insane that- that's the thing that that is overlooked is just how much of your whole body <clears throat> is being incorporated to push or pull weight especially heavy weight mm-hmm. and so you know i one of the guys i'm working with he 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 just started his his strength training program and you know one day after the deadlift or three days after his deadlift he's still complaining about being sore and you know we're talking- go, baby <laughs> <laughs> you know it's not it's not heavy but but it's not just oh my 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 quads no my hamstrings my back my my core everything gets sore and and you got to start out slow and so the adaptation is is, is huge just just slow just go slow, slow body weight and like that's the biggest thing if people need help with that maybe i'll post that online of like what we do with just like balance mobility form 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 
it's going to take you a year to get good at lifting so that the next year you come back, you're working even heavier weights. I mean, the gains people see from year two to three are huge. And that was one thing when we had kind of like toyed around with really preaching about lifting, we're like, well, we really need to know, we need to have like things dialed so we can give people recommendations. And we had messed around with a bunch of different things. And one of my biggest issues is some of the programs is just like way too heavy of weight, way too soon. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what really shied me away from before, before I like looked in and tried to start educating myself. That's what I had been taught. And it was like, it was one week and then you're going in trying to set like a one rep max. And I was like, this seems really dangerous. (laughs) I don't, I don't like this. Um, But the full body, when people watch and understand like when, for those people that haven't deadlift before, when you go in and like your proper form is you're like loading the bar, you're like lifting from what they call heavy hands. Like you you start the motion almost and then you do the motion and when you like start that motion like engage everything it is like okay this is game time and you it is i mean it sounds so broy but that full body like shred is is insane um but yeah lack to go for the pre lack to go for the post lack the bath as patrick said it is we joked with the guys we were on with two of the scientists behind this and one of them has worked with athletes with lactigo like in the olympics and everything and we're like we got to take a bath of this he's like yeah the olympics that actually happened and i was like what he's like that track and field that's weird trying to dip people in and he's like it really when they went from uh where were they in 2016 rio or something i think they shortened the heat time between heats so he's like we used to have an hour and a half so the athlete would come off have a second to chill. I wanted to get it all back on them an hour again before the next heat. And they shortened it to 45 minutes. So he's like, people would get done. And I literally would be like lathering them in lack to go. And they're like, can I have a second? He's like, no. And so it's been crazy. They've been in track and field. They've been having people crush like the dope era records. And he's like, dope testing is getting more rampant, especially now because people are crushing times that they did not think were possible because of lack to go it is in this yeah so we're gonna i'm gonna get off track because i could just preach about stuff forever okay so well we kind of answer this is is all is it all z2 base building no i don't think you want to be building base just z2 i think z2 is great on the weekends um i think that you want to focus more on um that then do one day where you have like a a longer tempo interval um have the other day a chill endurance ride you can even ride 65 percent if you want i try and focus higher because i'm i'm targeting more getting really good at higher workloads like putting out more kjs than i've done before but there's a guy i have that's a former national rower like really well decorated athlete and we had the conversations like i've always like pedaled easier in zone two with the understanding that you get the same adaptations. And so we had a couple differences. We had a couple conversations of like, okay, well, if you're at low Z2 or high Z1, is it recovery or is it endurance? Like obviously it's not an on off switch. And then to play devil's advocate, if you're high zone two, is it really more tempo or is it endurance? And like, it's obviously not an on off switch. So I think finding that happy medium where you want, I don't, mind having a little sting in my legs from a long endurance ride like you get two and a half three hours in and i'm like damn this is starting to hurt and that's when a lot of people go home 
keep going and guess what you get better at it you eventually and it's a long game we're talking months later you're gonna put out 10 15 20 more watts um than you were before and i looked back at like rides from 10 years ago my endurance rides i was doing it like 250 now i'm trying to do them at 300 it's a big difference you want to tell me that racer a is not going to be as good as racer b is not going to be as good um, there's, a, there's a huge subtopic in there it's not just you know the the neuromuscular adaptation and mitochondria and all that stuff that that could be a conversation of which one's more beneficial but just from a repeatability and enduring training load you know the, the the guy who's doing 300 and can go back out and do it again tomorrow um is much better off you know from just a training load perspective than the one who's doing 250 um so you know everybody's a little bit different you don't want to you don't want to kill yourself if it if it if it prevents you from coming back and doing some work the next day you know that's what that's that was the knock on tempo uh, for so long was it's hard enough to ruin tomorrow's workout. And so you want to, you, you know, but if you can ride tempo and you can still have a quality workout the next day, that's more beneficial than having to do zone two, two days in a row or what, whatever the case may be. Yeah. And I think a lot of people too, it's even if you give them, if you give people, I think training also, you got to be realistic with, with it. Um, if you give somebody a tempo ride and they go out and do that, the next day they're going to want to keep it to endurance. You give people two endurance rides, they're like, this is easy. They go out and smash with their buddies one day and then they kind of do endurance the next day. So it's like they think that a prescribing tempo and then endurance might be too much, but then in reality what they actually go do is way too much. So like it helps you actually pull things back Whereas just when you read it on paper, like, oh, this might be too much. I don't know if that comes across the right way, but it really helps. You know, I had somebody who had intervals and they went out with their friends and they rode and, and she was like, I'm going to get in trouble when I upload this ride. I'm like, these are guidelines. Like, I want you to still have fun. Go ride with your friends. Like, just don't do it all the time. And when you see a free ride, go do whatever the hell you want. But a lot of, you know, this structure helps you with just that, like structuring your training, but it's not the Bible. Things are going to happen. Things change and that's all good. But just try to stay disciplined. Yeah. Back to the guy that I was just talking to, which it, I'm not going to have this on the recording from before, but like I was telling Craig, who's a guy that wants to win nationals and tells me, but all his efforts come from group rides. Got to change that up. Got to change that up. So when do I start doing intervals? We're kind of hitting that one already. Um, I would so when I when I think of intervals, I think you know we're starting to get up into FBT, F, FBT, FTP and above. You know, <laughs> you can cut that out. Functional power threshold. <laughs> so when I'm thinking about uh, intervals, I'm thinking of higher intensity, not not just tempo, but we're starting to get up there. So I would say you know it depends on when you're racing, but you want to be doing that at least two months before um, to build. And then, cause you don't go through, build up to where you're able to, you know, you're doing your tempo stuff. You're going to do one block of sweet spot stuff and burst. And then you're into FTP stuff. Cause then you want to be able to cycle back and do a, some VO2 max. It doesn't have to be a full on block, but you want to do that six weeks before you're towing the line of a race. When, you know, people used to say, 
You don't want to be a January superstar, which I agree with. You don't want to peak too early. That doesn't mean you're not doing hard efforts and hard intervals. Like you want, I don't want to show up to the race line having that be my first interval. And I've done that before when I was looking down the road towards a July race or August race. What I learned from myself, and I'm an N of one, but I'm also, you know, interacting with a lot of people that when you go to the first race and you get your face kicked in, I don't care if you know that your goal is way down the line. Like, it's not that fun. It's just not a good, like, mental motivator. Your litmus test is really screwed up with, like, what you've done all winter. Um, you don't need to be ripping, but it's good to have some efforts in the legs so that everyone else isn't dictating when you're going hard that race. And so I would say, you know, if someone's going to start racing in April, you're in the Northeast by end of February so that you could go do some training races maybe in March. And those could be your first efforts if you want. Um, but yeah, so I think what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, that, that, you know, being up here, you know, you don't really, the, 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 the weather is so unpredictable. I mean, you're getting into April. I mean, you're still getting snow sometimes. So um, you know, I think I'm fortunate and I'm, I'm willing to enable to, to travel a little bit, you know, this coming, you know, spring, I can, I can go South and find a, find, find a March or even a February, uh, you know, race or whatever, if, if, if that's something that, you know, we think I need. Um, but yeah, you don't need to be at your, at your best, at your best, uh, peak right right out of the gun i mean there, there is time but that being said like you know you never it never feels good to to get clobbered your first race mm, no matter yeah. what your perspective is <laughs> yeah uh the last question when do i start stop lifting you jump so in. i mean i'm thinking um you know I, i'm getting in there four days a week right now too, too lower, too upper, um, you know, a heavy and a light and, you know, light, not meaning easy. It's just, it's more of the, um, you know, the, the smaller, uh, you know, tertiary, like balance and, and that sort of thing. Um, and I plan on running that through until, you know, until the volume of on the bike training dictates that I need to make a choice you know I have to get there's a give and take right now if I have the time and I'm recovering okay um I, I plan on being in the gym uh you know once when, once the biking stuff ramps up and and I'm either you know too tired to to execute what I need to or there's just not enough hours in the day then I'll just start cutting it back mm-hmm. yeah and I think for last year I lifted twice a week all year except for race weeks i would take uh go one time a week and i was lifting the week of a race um which there was only a few races this year for me to experiment with but it worked well and once i stopped lifting i definitely feel less strength and i definitely feel it less in the hard neuromuscular efforts but even on trying to crank out a 30 minute effort like when you've been lifting there's another gear in there and it is like there's no doubt in it. That's what everybody says when they come out of the gym, man, Mm -hmm. I can just churn over the gear and then people stop lifting. And, um, teammate on DNA, Pablo, he's a coach and he has, uh, he's in the gym all year long and 
he doesn't do, I don't think, as heavy of stuff. He does more uh, like mid-weight and, and more reps. Um, I had been doing just one, one heavy day. And supposedly from talking to people that are more lifters, you can keep gains by lifting one to two times a month. So you're keeping your strength gain without crushing yourself, making it unable to ride on the bike. Yeah. So I wouldn't necessarily look to be increasing weight, but maintaining it um, and just keeping the form and that connection so that when you come back at the end of the year or when there's a lull in racing, you can pick it back up. You know, you're not like restarting, learning the movements all over again. So, And, and that's what you just described there as, as a maintenance you know, once, once you get into the season, and this is true of, of any, any athlete, I mean, the, these NFL guys, yeah, they're lifting during the season, but they're not putting, putting on pounds. They're just trying to maintain. It's such a demanding, uh, you know, sport as, as all of them are, you know, you put all of your strength training in the preseason, and then you hope to maintain once you're in season. And that's, that's true of cyclists. That's true of, you know, football players, basketball, everything, you know, you're, you're not, you're not adding weight during the season. It's, it's impossible. You're just doing too much aerobic activity. Mm -hmm. So I think that gives people though a good sense of, you know, when you start, stop that you never, like, it's always, right. you always start, you never stop. The focus um, changes though. The focus. Exactly. Changes. Yes. Yeah. So and I gotta say it's easy. It's a little easier for me now to get, get four workouts in, in, during a week because I can have my cup of coffee and literally walk downstairs. And I'm in my gym. That's amazing. Home gyms. If you have the home gym, that yeah. is oh, so cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to the Y doing two heavy days. Um, and then if it gets cold, I might add, add a third of the, like the lighter day or no, excuse me, three days. I'm doing Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. And then if it got cold, I would maybe add a day, but I kind of like the day off in between. Um, if, I added another day. I would just start to like cycle the days around Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, then Monday, Wednesday. But I've been kind of enjoying experimenting with this lift and then do the intervals. Um, so Tuesday, Thursday, and then Wednesday is just like a longer endurance ride. So it's been good so far. I've been the strength gains have been huge. And again, plug lactical full body insane i'm embarrassed to tell you how many push-ups i used to be able to do but i've doubled that literally by putting this stuff on and i can't even i'm i was in the gym like can't believe i'm still <laughs> going it makes me a little like they they have on the bottle now do not overtrain so i actually like i was like maybe i should just back off so i don't wreck my shoulder but you're getting too huge you're getting too huge. i know like <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, uh, you got anything else for the people? No, I, uh, you know, I'm enjoying getting back in the gym. I should probably put a little, a little video together or something like you and I have been talking a lot with Patrick about deadlift and, and how to measure that as a, as a data point, mm -hmm. um, to continuously increase, you know, it's hard to measure. Am I getting stronger? You know? Um, but if you have a, da a data point and we're, we're trying to, kind of focus on the deadlift a little bit we all we all know how you know important that one lift is mm -hmm. um so maybe that's a, another conversation down the road well i think a thing also is you know making sure that you're doing like linear progression programs that you can tell am i doing am i adding more weight and am i getting more reps in um and then what's your like 
what's your AMRAP at the end of a set? That's another interesting thing that I never was doing that before until this year. Um, mostly because by the time I got to the last set, I was just finishing them. But yeah, it's interesting. It's crazy to see the weight go up. And then it's also very interesting for me having to be going into, I'd say the third year of really lifting too, like super serious, but seeing the weights that I'm starting with now versus where I finished and versus where I started last year, it's like strength gains are awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Addicted to that. So, all right, man. Good chat. We'll be back in another four weeks. And if people have topics that they want us to discuss, definitely submit them and we'll continue tracking these conversations too. I think we'll get even more uh, interesting once racing comes back next season. We can talk about races and specific stuff for you getting ready for nationals, but video three in the books. We'll talk to you guys soon. See ya. Yeah.